Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, Christmas edition. This is James Thomas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Today is December 25th, 2023, the Nativity of our Lord. It's a Monday as well. Today's reading, well, there's many readings we can choose from, but I'm going to pick the reading for Christmas morning for the prologue of the gospel according to St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All, came, all things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. Okay. So once again, Merry Christmas, everyone. I just want to make sure I read the whole thing. There were different versions of it. So I don't want to go long today. I've written a ton of notes, <laughs> but you all have Christmassy things to do, and I have Christmassy things to do. Hope everybody's been to Mass. I went to Midnight Mass, and it was absolutely beautiful. We, I wanted to focus a little bit on what we celebrate today, the essence of it. I mean, there's so many things to talk about here, and there's it's probably the hardest thing to preach about are, are the biggest feasts, like Christmas, because there's just so much to say. And you don't even know your audience. You know, like in a church on Christmas Day, there's the people that you never see. There's the people that are there all the time and everybody in between. People with agendas that are going to get upset, whatever you say. People that are just there to soak it in. People very emotional in good and bad ways with their emotions. And I wanted to just talk a little bit about the incarnation. In Mary's womb and now coming forth in Bethlehem, being laid in the manger, is the wedding of heaven and earth, the marriage of the human and the divine in the person of Jesus. Jesus is the God-man. I've, more and more, I feel like that's a good term to use because it sums up everything. A lot of the fathers and the saints have called Jesus the God-man because that's what he is. He's fully God and fully human. And in our lives, whether we're talking about our personal lives or whether we're talking about the history of the church, and we constantly are in this battle, 
in the whole history of the church up until this very day, there's constantly this tension between the human and the divine because Jesus balanced them perfectly. Jesus wedded them perfectly. Mary received the mystery perfectly. And so there's a balance in her as well. But for the rest of us, because of our sins, because of our lack of harmony with God, and actually there's four harmonies that existed in Eden that we lost through sin, harmony with God, harmony with self, harmony with others, and harmony with nature. Jesus has come, in a sense, to bring back that harmony. And our salvation exists inside that harmony, or rather the harmony exists inside the salvation, however you want to look at it. They go hand in hand. And whatever problems we have in our lives, it's because we're out of balance. It's because we're either not vertical enough or we're not horizontal enough. Sometimes people are neither. Jesus came for connection, to connect the two and to reconnect us in the four harmonies. He came to connect us. I was reading a book yesterday that's really a great book. Uh, I don't want to give you the title because it then gets into all these other topics. But the author was talking about how every human being needs intimacy and transcendence. Now, in a prayer life, you get both. I don't think that's what the author was referring to, though. So our words are always going to fall short of, of the fullest meaning. But we need intimacy and we need transcendence. And this is the battle in the liturgy, too. What's the, the best way to do mass? But... The mass, really, when you consider how little time we spend going vertical, when we, you consider how little time we spend in transcendence, my personal opinion, and I think it's the opinion of the church over the centuries, is in the mass it really needs to be more about the transcendence, meaning us connecting with God, us connecting with the bigger picture. It's why we build churches with high ceilings. At least we used to. We're supposed to. It's why we have a certain reverence and magnificence to the liturgy. The mass I attended last night it was Latin mass. It was beautiful. It was so the, the just the music was incredible. The, and just the everything, the incense and the candles and the people and the, the, the architecture, the building itself, the, the, the beautiful decorations, the beautiful statues, the beautiful stained glass windows. It was just a, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I was going to say perfect. It's not perfect. Heaven's going to be perfect, but a beautiful experience of worship lifting up your minds and hearts to God. So we need that, but we also need intimacy. Now, Christmas, I think in the world, we we do focus a little bit more on the intimacy. I remember watching, I know this is goofy and some of you might not know what I'm talking about, but there was a Christmas special put out last year by Marvel Comics, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Anyway, it was funny. There, It's a funny um group of superheroes they they they're entertaining then they go around the galaxy and they fight the bad guys and anyway they they're obsessed with kevin bacon it's just part of the humor of it all and uh so they come to earth to kidnap kevin bacon and this whole adventure happens but at the end kevin bacon sings a song at the it's the very end of the show after everything's been resolved and he says i'm gonna share with you the true meaning of christmas and he says nothing about jesus Nothing about religion whatsoever or spirituality, but his song is about holding your loved ones close. And okay, he's not wrong in that respect. That's part of the balance that we need to achieve. It's part of it, the intimacy. 
So we need intimacy and we need transcendence. I was just thinking yesterday when I was writing my millions of notes for the sermon today that I'm not going to read, how in the history of the church, we've always been to one extreme or the other. You know, in the early church, in the catacombs, they the, the, to focus on the world meant death, I mean, or compromise, because the world was very immoral and they wanted to kill the Christians. So they were radically following Christ, very, very focused on the transcendence. Then the Roman Empire approved Christianity, became Christian, and it was very focused on the human. And can we call that genuine intimacy when it starts getting into sin? No, then it devalues into just hedonism. And then they went into the desert, back focusing on the transcendence. And then there's, just jump ahead a little bit, the Middle Ages, the focus on humanism. Great humanistic readings, which a lot of people so many Christians and Catholics out there, maybe some of you listening today, because maybe you lived a sinful life when you were younger and now you love the Lord, you cling to him with all your might. And there is this radical focus on the transcendence. There is this radical focus on essentially like I'm going to just live like an angel now. I'm not even going to address human things because I don't want to fall into sin again. And With people like Francis de Sales, Ignatius of Loyola, Teresa of Avila, St. Louis de Montfort, Thomas Aquinas, and now more recently Pope John Paul, there is this emphasis on redeeming our humanity, redeeming our relationships, redeeming intimacy, redeeming the world. It's not that it's our calling to fix the world, but as we're here, yeah, we're supposed to make the world a better place. We're supposed to work on things, and that means the fun stuff too. It doesn't just mean being a crusader to stop hunger, although that's part of it, but also to redeem yourself in every way. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Jesus was 100% God and man. Jesus was fully human. So as we celebrate the incarnation, we're celebrating a redeemed person that you and I are called to be because Jesus came and did it first in his own humanity. He wedded the two. He was perfect man. So he was a worker. He was a friend. He was a son. He was a father figure to many. He laughed and he cried. And he got angry with those that deserved some of that anger. Jesus lived perfect humanity. And we celebrate when we put that baby in the manger we're celebrating his humanity. We don't, we're not just celebrating the cute stuff, although the baby in the manger, that's very adorable. Jesus became a baby so that we would not be afraid to approach him. Part of the sermon last night was on that. Beautiful, beautiful. But, you know, it's also just the nitty gritty of our humanity, all the stuff we're struggling with, the growth, the maturity, the physical stuff, the emotional stuff, and the spiritual stuff. And by wedding it to the transcendent, By bringing it together with God, God wants to get in there and heal it all. God loves our bodies. He loves our families. He loves our work. When you're sitting in prayer and you get distracted by that Hallmark movie you were watching, God loves that Hallmark movie, and he loves those people that were in it. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, just go and meditate on Hallmark movies from here on out. I'm not giving you that free pass, but... If there's something in that movie or whatever it is that's distracting you, a song, a, re- a relationship, and a conversation, bring that to prayer. Let let the Lord know, hey, this is triggering me, whatever this thing is. 
Why am I excessively focused on this thing that was in this movie? Well, bring it to prayer because something is in your heart that's crying out for attention. We all have so many little lonely, broken places, little sick, um, wounded places within our hearts. Jesus came in Bethlehem into the world to heal all those wounds. Jesus came to redeem your family gathering today with maybe some fighting, maybe some, I'm not saying Jesus is causing the bad stuff, but whatever's going to happen in that family gathering, some arguing, some drunkenness, dysfunctional behavior, weirdness, whatever, excessive eating, Jesus came to redeem it all. Yes, even the excessive drinking. Jesus came to redeem it. Jesus came to be part of it. Jesus came to help us to find the balance so that we're always connected with the Father, yet we're becoming the best men and women that we can possibly be, that he made us to be using all of our gifts, using our human stuff. As we celebrate this Christmas, let's have fun, let's enjoy, but let's always, you know, we always have to remember the transcendent. And we have this whole week now. We have a season of Christmas now. The rest of the world is getting done celebrating Christmas. We're just beginning. I recommend go to your local church and sit in front of that manger scene. Spend some time with Jesus in the crib. Spend some time with Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the angels, the three wise men. Spend some time with him. Let that soak in. The beauty of Bethlehem is meant to sanctify our families. It's meant to sanctify our hearts. I love this time of year. I love when I can have a couple days. I mean, I know I'm running around seeing family and friends, but I love that time to just maybe take one of the books I got for Christmas, one of the more spiritual ones, sit in front of the crib and read that book and just ask the Lord, fill my heart, fill my mind and redeem my life and everything about it. And as I was saying yesterday, I talked about consecration. Let's consecrate all of it. Consecrate the good, the bad, the ugly. Consecrate our Christmas. Consecrate our struggles. Let this moment be fun, but let it also be part of our journey. That as Christmas ends, then we pick up again. We start to work again. We start to travel onward. And we have had this time to be filled with God's grace in a sense like we're, we're, we're dipping it all in God's grace. We're consecrating it to the Lord so that he can fill it all, so that he can be part of it, so that he can continue to bless us. And we can find that balance more and more and see the beauty of the incarnation, human and divine coming together, heaven and earth in the great marriage banquet of the Lamb. Have a great day. God bless you. Merry Christmas.